Welcome. You're listening to Sanseat. Where you'll find everything to do with spirituality, life lessons, holistic living, and medicine. To become your true self. We all have stories, journeys, experiences, and love. Here's your host, Erin O'Dowd. Hello and welcome. On today's show, we have Elias Mohaki. He is a friend of Aishali and a publisher as well as a businessman. Hello, Elias, and welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing great, Erin. How are you doing today? Good now. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, Elias. Who are you? Me, because everybody else is shaking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a South Florida. I'm a businessman, and uh, my connection with the spiritual world is through my girlfriend, Aishali. Before her, I pretty much didn't really didn't know anything about what was going on. What business did you have? I do uh, wholesale supply for heating, air, and refrigeration. And how did you end up meeting Vaishali? My business was in New Mexico, and she was recovering from some injuries in a car accident. was also in New Mexico, and we had the same chiropractor, and we met at the office. Was meeting Vaishali, was that your first time of being introduced to the world of holistic medicine and spirituality? My first time was the spirituality part of it, the holistic medicine. I was like way before my time. I was just had all sorts of problems in high school and college with science infections and everything else. And I ended up, when I went into business for myself, my dentist's wife happened to be working with a, uh, a homeopathic doctor, alternative medicine doctor. And, in, uh, nearby, and uh, I had to work up that I never really saw like a, a regular Western medicine doctor except for um, some, you know, injuries that I sustained. But other than that, I, you know, I've been doing alternative medicine since 1980s. But the spiritual side, before Wachali, I pretty much didn't have a, you know, didn't have a handle on what was going on at all. <laughs> <laughs> Through your injuries, did you feel that alternative medicine helps recover those injuries? Yeah, you know, there's, you kind of learn a lot, you know, you know if you do, I did some competitions, but you learn a lot when you got some competition about your body, and then when you get body work done, or you don't get it done if you suffer injuries, you learn even more. I've learned so much about what's going on, and you get a better handle on what you need to do as far as, you know, work you have to do yourself, like stretching and exercise and things that you have to get other people to do for you, um, like the massage part and things like that, or acupuncture and other things. Okay, and what did you compete in? I was a tennis pro, mainly taught, but also competed on the next level down from the big guys. It was just, I, I knew I wasn't going to get to that level, but it was just fun competing. And then I also did uh, triathlons in each of the events eventually, too. Ooh, I'd say um, going through the triathlons kind of gave you a bit of freedom in your, your mind and body. Yeah, it takes you to, uh, you just learn a whole lot of different things. I don't know whether they're useful or not, but, you know, when I started out, I started out doing marathons in the early 70s, and there wasn't any books or anything about how to train or what to do, and we pretty much had to figure it out for ourselves. And now you look at, I have friends that are trainers and coach other triathletes, and you look at all the tools that are available to them to help people, knowing heart rate and most of the bikes they can spin on, you know, will tell you what your wattage is and how much 
you know, if you're efficient or not efficient or if you're working too hard. I mean, it's just they can point out your your deficiencies really quickly, and it, it's kind of like uh, the difference between in the old days a guy listening to an engine or now they just hook a computer up to it that tells them everything. There's still a lot to say for the guy that understands what the engine's supposed to sound like because, you know, you can get an acupuncture guy that can read, you know, take a pulse, they can know things far before any Western medicine guy, doctor that takes a pulse does because it's, you know, two things, but they're just done entirely differently. One's mechanical, like the Western medicine doctor, and the other one is more on a esoteric level. <laughs> Through the alternative health and competing, did you find that stuff worked and stuff didn't over time? Yeah, you know, I've had some. I've been working on a hip problem that I've had probably for six years now. But I was talking to people like you know Dr. Mary Helen Hensley to look at me and tell me what she saw. I'm not looking for someone to do the heavy lifting for me. I'm just looking for someone to point out the problem, and I can research and figure out what I have to do and work on it myself and find out what other people I need to bring in. It's more like, instead of relying on other people now, you know, when you get to this point, you're basically the project manager. It's like, you know what, tell me what's wrong. I can figure it out for myself, you know, and I'll be better off doing it that way because I went through just having other people work on my body the whole time I was competing, and this is where it got me to. You know, there's a lot of stuff like yoga, I used to not like yoga, but I found out later I was doing the wrong type that wasn't really helping me. So there's a lot to it, you know, but yoga especially, um, if you can, if you get into yoga and you, you get the right type for what you're trying to accomplish, that's pretty much, I guarantee you. My trainer's a yogi, and when we do training, when we do yoga with weights, and, and do that for a workout, that's the absolute hardest workout I've ever done. Tell us a bit more about yoga and weightlifting together. Well, basically, you, you don't need a lot of weight. You can have like three pound or two pound hand weights. You know, you've you got to have a guy that knows personal training and yoga to get you in the poses that you can hold, you know, with the weights in both hands. And it makes it 10 times harder. You know, if you're doing a push-up and you've got your hands flat on the ground in front of you, it's a little different than if you're sitting with your hands around two weights, even if they're only two pounds, and doing push-ups. Just that little bit totally changes everything. And it's interesting how you can work the same muscle with two different, you know, two different ways, and, and both ways are different. But one of the things most of the people that that I've been working out with now is it's mostly about core. And, you know, you're always working your core and you don't need to use a lot of weight. I'm totally, you know, I had a trainer before and we were lifting some pretty heavy weights and now it's like, you know, I'll do stretch bands and stuff, but, you know, if you're holding the, if you're in like a lunge position and you're doing, you know, curl, it doesn't take a whole lot of weight to get you really tired because your whole body's stressed from working your core at the same time. The good news about it is you don't need to spend two or three hours at the gym. If you can't get it done in 45 or 50 minutes, you're not doing it right. It's really efficient. Through your own experience, can you compare Western medicine and alternative medicine? Well, the main difference is I just, the first thing that happened when I went to alternative medicine is they were looking at me at sinus infection. I was always getting tonsillitis, had sore throats, you know, swollen glands. I've been taking antibiotics forever. And that's what Western medicine does. You know, they, they tell you they can't cure a virus and everything else they treat is with antibiotics that kills all the good bacteria in your 
in, in your body and probably leaves you worse off. I mean, it's funny watching the commercials nowadays for pharmaceuticals because I think they have to make them a little longer just to get all the the contraindications in about all the side effects and things like that. But I was fortunate that the first thing that I did when I saw this alternative medicine person in 1980 was to get, get rid of all your antibiotics and quit taking these pharmaceuticals. And I pretty much never took another pharmaceutical. And you still do these therapies to today? Absolutely. Yeah, and even more, because now there's enough energy healers around that have refined their technique that can actually work on you. You know, I've had people working on me long distance, um, you know, for quite a while, since the mid-80s. But I think the technique has really gotten refined now where these people are getting better. You know, I can't understand why anybody wouldn't even try this to begin with, because it's not evasive, it's, it's cost-effective, And what do you have to lose? And, you know, you go to a doctor, they're going to give you something that's not going to be good for your body. If they give you any medication at all, it's not going to be good. It may have some good effects to it, but it was like the, there's one that they give you for a rash or psoriasis or something, and it includes kidney failure and heart attack and, I mean, bleeding from the eyes. And you go, hey, good news, you know. When, when, when it kills you, the rash will be gone. When you met Vaishali, you got opened up the world of spirituality. How did that feel? It was kind of interesting because at the time, she wasn't sure whether or not she was going to live or not. And she wanted to write a book and give, give out all the information she had. So I was basically doing chapter by chapter, reading it over and, and editing it. And, and it was really good because I had already read a lot of stuff and I was still reading other stuff to see how it compared to hers. And hers was way funnier by far, way more useful, but there's plenty of times on a single chapter, I had to send it back to her 10 times and go, I have no idea what you're talking about here. You know, and everybody else go, oh yeah, this, this, and this. You know, and it's like, but I said, you know what? If you have readers like me, they're just gonna right here, they're gonna put the book down and go, I don't get it. And, and you're, you're moving on past this point that I don't understand. So I think that, you know, she had the, the and it was Spirituality 101 in the first book, it started out pretty easy. So you can kind of see that, you know, there's a lot of people like me out there that, that you know, I mean, it was really good for her to have me edit the book because it's, it's going to come through where everybody understands that it's, it's funny and entertaining because I'm not going to sit there and read something that's just, you know, like reading one of the, uh, one of the Bibles in India, you know, like their version of the Bible, you know, it's just ain't going to happen. I'm trying to go through some of that. Or like reading Swedenborg when it's a direct translation out of Latin. Doesn't make any sense. You know, people don't talk like that. You can't read it. You know, it takes you an hour to read a page and you're falling asleep. Doesn't do you any good. Do you feel all books are like that? Or is it just the Bible and all the scriptures then? No, I, you know, not all books like that. But you have a lot of people that are really advanced when it comes to spirituality that are writing books. And a lot of the books, you know, I don't know that they understand. I mean, they take a lot of things for granted like correspondence, you know, as far as that, you know, this isn't real down here, we're all actors. It's a correspondence from the spiritual realm. And I had a hard time understanding the way they were explaining it. It didn't make any sense to me, but, you know, once someone does it, if you explain it two or three different ways, I, one thing you learn about being, a, like if I was a tennis pro, but one thing you learn is not everybody learns the same way. And you have to teach things three different ways at least for people to understand them. And some people are visual, and some people, you know, are, are kinesthetic, need a feeling, and some people are oral, and they have to hear it. And some people have to do all three. 
and you just have to explain it different ways, and one of those ways someone's going to understand. And what is your way of, of learning? I've gone through this before, and I've been tested not like 120% visual. Or at the time I was tested, which was like in 2000, I was like over-the-top visual. I mean, if it came in in any other way, I was like totally tuned it out. And after going through a lot of the spiritual stuff, and it's funny because in 1999, one of the people that I was working with an alternative medicine company started on using kinesiology and, and trying to get good at it. And I've gotten really good at it. But things like that, I've totally changed over where I think I have a lot better feeling for things as good as I do on a visual basis. But it's amazing how just reading all that stuff and going through some of these things like that, you can go through this transformation. I think everybody's got the ability to do these things that just, that they're latent and they haven't been used or developed. And, you know, the more I've been using like the kinesiology, the more confidence you have, like everything else, and the better you get at it. You know, just like in the things that you do, you know, it doesn't always come to you. It's things that even though you're given, you've got gifts, Eric, you still have to, you know, everybody's got gifts, but it's just, the, the, you know, you can, the a level to which you develop. Working with Vaishali and, and understanding what she does, have you seen things that you kind of think, wow, I'd like to learn that, or is it just a, a drive-by kind of thing? Well, it's almost like a drive-by because it's kind of funny. You know, everybody's got their own way of doing things. But you see, I've watched people when they go through what they do to get the information, and everybody goes through something differently. It's one of those things that, Will it be given to me? Yeah, maybe I can develop it, but it's almost like that's not where I'm supposed to, you know, you kind of get a feel for where you're supposed to be, where the sweet spot is, and, you know, you strive for that, you know, like with the Buddhism, I guess it's the flow, but I call it the path of least resistance. You know, it's like if you're, you jump into the ocean and all of a sudden you start getting pulled out, you know, you're not going to find it live. It's just, if you find it, you're just going to be tired when you get out there. Just let it pull you out. You're not going to be tired when you get out there, and then you can do what you want to and swim either to either side, then get back in. But it's the same thing in everything else. You know, in life, you can sit there and fight the situation, or you can go with the flow. When we met, Elias, you were doing surfing, and you kind of take these approaches into surfing and life as well. Yes, pretty much. It's all. It's funny how everything kind of all fits together. Wow, I'm, you must be appreciated when you see out in the ocean waves coming and you have to take stuff like this to, to conquer it. That's how big it is. <laughs> <laughs> and it depends how tired I am and how hard I have to fight to get out there. <laughs> you know, every day is different. It's kind of funny. Some days it's really easy. You know, it's funny. It's just like life. Some days you go out and you can't catch your weight. You're always in the wrong position or someone has a position on you. It's either choppy, it's windy, something goes wrong. Other days, no matter what you do, you're you're sitting there right in the right position. You know, no matter what you do, it's like wave after wave, everything comes right to you. And that's the way that's the way it is. And you can't get angry at the days you don't get any because the days you got like ten times more than you should is uh you, you know you've got to, you, you can't just say that's the way it's going to be every day. So you just have to go with the flow. Is that your approach to flow? Here's my approach to flow is I had an acupuncturist in Hawaii that was like about a four foot tall Japanese lady and she was really, really good. And that was when I was competing big time. And one day she says, 
You ever had a day where you go up to the starting line and you feel really, really good, you have a bad race, and then other days you go to the starting line, you don't even want to be there, you feel terrible, and you just set a personal record? And I went, oh my God, this is it. This is it. This is going to make the difference. And I said, yeah, why is that? She goes, I have no idea. <laughs> but okay, so pretty much you have to go in and with no expectations and just ready for anything and just stay relaxed. <laughs> Excellent. And and what is your favorite therapy that you enjoy the most going to get received? Just about anything where someone's working on me and I don't have to do anything. Actually, the one that I like the best is where Sholly had friends that she knew that had this. I think they still do. They have a place in Naples and I can't think of the name of it offhand. They put you in this thing like a garbage bag that was really thick and they had like high powered hoses that would hit your, you know, just like if you're in a hot tub, that would hit your bottom of your feet, your legs, they could put it on different parts of your body. And it was like getting massaged by these high pressure water while you stay dry and tight this like giant garbage bag. I mean, it was really bizarre, but it was one of the, the best, you know, for not having any personal touch to it best hydrotherapy sessions that I think I've had. You've interested my curiosity of going looking for one of those, but uh, wow, it sounds like a cool experience. Yeah, there's, I don't know that they still have it, but I thought that was one of the better ones that I had done. Is there a particular person you like reading in this area, or is it just everybody that you like reading? Actually, I didn't like reading anybody. You know, Oprah was real big on her, as probably still is on Eckhart Tolle. And even Eck, I watched him on her show once, and they was like, the guy's so boring. And then same thing with Dr. Weil. I watched him, and, I, and he turned it on the TV one day, which only turned on the TV, and this guy was on there, and I was working. And I said, you got to turn this guy off. I can't take this anymore after like 10 minutes. And she goes, this is one of my competition guys. I mean, they're real knowledgeable, but... You know, there's a presentation. Well, is pretty much over the top and animated and dynamic. And these guys are kind of, they're real calm, and, but they're boring. You know, boring isn't going to get people interested in this stuff. And I thought these books were really good, but I thought everybody else's, for the most part, was boring. The only person whose books that I read, and probably one of the first books that I read altogether, was Daniel Brinkley. And if anybody hasn't read those, they absolutely you got to read Save by the Light. I mean, the funniest line, this guy's hysterical. There's a line in there where he's out of his body. He's been hit by lightning. The uh, emergency techs are loading him in the ambulance, and he's looking down at himself, and he's saying, God, I thought I was better looking than that. <laughs> <laughs> but Daniel's got some good lines. He's really funny, and he's got a good slant on things, and it's really informative and good book. But, you know, most of them don't have a lot of humor. Mary Ellen Hensley's books are really good, too. You know, she's got humor and, and just really interesting and fascinating stories. But a lot of them are just, you know, when they slog through the spirituality, it's just really dry. And, you know, they're just the white linen people with the incense. And, you know, we just need more love in the world. And it's like, you know, that doesn't... That's what a lot of these books said. I told me I've got a real problem with this because it doesn't tell me how I can use this in my in my everyday life. And if I can't use any of the spirituality in my everyday life, it's useless. So unless you're telling someone, 
you know, you can tell someone, you know, we need more love in the world, but that doesn't tell me what to do. That's not going to change anything. You know, tell me what I can do on a daily basis. What can I do in my life? And I think he's done that to Mary Helen to get an idea of her, her books and, you know, on what you need to focus on and how you need to move forward. And I think that that's what makes a difference what people are looking for is how can I use this? Not you know, how did it affect somebody else, but how can I use this for me? Or what are the different ways I can use this? And how can I incorporate it in my everyday life where it's not going to be a total burden that takes two hours of me sitting trying to meditate where, you know, someone's got gained seven of the, <laughs> you know, of the Stanley Cup playoffs on or something like that, you know? What methods or therapies do you apply to your, your business life? I use every one of these people in my business. In the last week, I've probably used everybody at least two or three times. I've been in business since 1978. One of the locations kind of slowed down, but, you know, this is what I'm talking about. I'm, it, in the old days, it was visual, and I wouldn't see this. Now it's like, you know, I got a feeling there's something below the surface going on. So I called Christopher Macklin. Christopher Macklin Ministries who can remote view things and I had him. He's really good at looking at negative entities and things. I had him look at my entire warehouse and offices and he said, yeah, there's like three entities there. And we got the entities out. We put in a big commercial crystal grid. It's not super expensive. I paid for it with that. Nobody in the company would believe me on this. And I said, okay, if our sales go up, you know, you're going to have to give me credit. That was in May of last year, and our sales went up. It, it, we started, we really make money all the time, but we really started, went to a different level after that. But nobody would still, you know, you, you can't tell people about this stuff and expect them to even believe it. Yeah, you know, we said we'd buy it, but we still don't. That's bullshit. So just recently, one of my other locations, a new one, had some problems and we had customers complaining, which never happens. It's just like, you know, there's something going on here too. We had back one look at that. I haven't put the crystal grid in. I'm gonna do that probably in July. But we had to clear the entities out. What happens if they'll go up? You know, so a lot of times if you think that it's the business is not good and it's my fault or I'm not doing this right or something else, you need to bring one of these people in. It's eighty dollars or eighty five bucks to have them clear this place out. And is that worth it? You know, absolutely. It's, are you kidding me? I mean, the whole, it's crazy, but it, this stuff works. And you can't tell people that, that don't believe in it. But on the other hand, why would you not do it for that price? Look at the cost benefit. If it doesn't work, won't wear you out. If it does work, look what you made. But you still can't get people to do this. So, I, you know, there's certain things that just, I'm speechless when it comes to why people don't do certain things like this. You know, I had a friend that died a year ago from a heart problem. And I remember about four years ago, I, I knew he had a problem and, and one of my alternative medicine people had worked with people on this before. And I said, you need to see her. It's not gonna cost you like $85 or 75 bucks back then. Go see her, you know, it may take two or three treatments. Went in, had surgery, of course, you know, that, that, that he made it a year after the surgery, but, you know, it's not invasive and it's, it's cost effective and yet people still balk at this and it's like, I'm just, you know what, good, because I hope none of my competitors know about this and I know none of them are listening or I wouldn't be telling you this. <laughs> <laughs> and if they are listening, none of it's true. <laughs> 
um, excellent. And uh, through your experiences to now, were you skeptic at the beginning, or was it something that you needed to do? I was not skeptical at the beginning, only because of two things. I had kind of experimented around with this before. Before I knew V, this was probably at least 12 to 15 years before I knew her. I had a friend that died in college that was killed. And uh, <laughs> I was sitting in bed one night, and I kept saying, okay, show me a sign, show me a sign. If you're still, if you're alive and you're on the other side, and I don't know why I was doing this, because I've never done anything like this before. And I said, show me a sign. And my light in my living room downstairs went on. And it's like, this thing has an on-off switch on the, the bulb itself. It's a lamp. And there's no way for this to turn itself on itself. It cannot happen. And I was totally freaked out. And then the second thing happened is when we used to ride bike, we used to you know race bikes, so I was doing a lot of riding around the island. I lived on the big island. And we came up one day in the middle of this place called the Kahu Desert, which is like 30 miles on either side from nowhere. There's no stores, there's no water. It's a desert. There's nothing. And the wind's blowing. And there's an old lady walking on the side of the road with a crutch. And I'm with one of my friends. You can feel the energy coming off this lady. And she turns around. And it's like this classic picture of Madame Pele with her hair flowing. And her eyes look like she's 20 years old, but she's like in her 70s. She's got gray white hair. And she turns around and her energy is so strong. And I'm holding a bottle, a water bottle out for her. And I can't even talk. She's got me so freaked out. She goes, hiya, boys. And she goes, I'm good. I don't need any water. And I mean, we talked about it for at least 10 miles ago. Man, that was scary. And then about... We're on our way up to the volcano, the one to uh, to uh, Kilauea, the new volcano on the big island. We're riding over that to the, uh, to the other side of the island. And on our way up, there's a car coming up behind us. And, and my friend with me goes, she's in the car, I can feel it. I had already felt the energy, and I went, I know, it's just scary. And she goes by, and she leans out the passenger window. There's some Hawaiian guy driving. It's an old beat-up car. And she goes, see you, boys. And we got, there's only one road around the island there there's no way for her to get off from there to the ranger station in Kilauea we get to the ranger station to get water and we ask the guy did you see that car come through here with the lady in it and the guy says there hasn't been a there hasn't been a here's the first people came through today so when V was telling me this stuff I was like yeah I, I kind of get it you know it's not like I'm totally freaked out you know then again you know she put on an event at the Queen Mary in Long Beach, and we got the Winston Churchill suite. You were in there, and I'm sitting in there, and I'm smelling cigarette smoke, and then I'm smelling cigar smoke, and the maid's outside the room, the door's open, people are walking by going, hey, there's no smoking in here. And it's like, nobody's saying a word inside the, the room, and I have to stand up and go, guys, is it nobody but me smelling cigarette smoke and cigar smoke? And I think you had come in and go, yeah, the guy in the picture standing over here, and there's two girls over there, and Macklin walked in, and he goes, yeah, Mary's right, and Winston Churchill's over here, and there's two women over here in the corner smoking cigarettes. <laughs> so, yeah, that was kind of, that one was a little, uh, never had the smell in there with it. That was a little uh, more than I was used to, but, you know, you hang around with some of these people like you and me that, that, that are, you know, 
a little more connected with the other side you get a little you, you often get a show <laughs> <laughs> would you change anything that you have so far or are you happy enough what has happened oh absolutely anybody that's listening to this if you're looking at doing anything athletic the two things you need to do is yoga and martial arts and leave everything else alone if there was one piece of advice that you've that you have experienced or learned or or discovered what would it be go with the flow excellent Elliot, I want to say thank you very much for coming on to the show and sharing what you got to share, man. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, Aaron. That was fun. You're welcome. Thank you for spending the time to listen to the show. If you want to learn more, check out sansit.com. That's S-A-N-C-I-T dot com. Join Sansit Group on Facebook and contact us if you have any questions. Until next time, Have an awesome day and rock on.